Welcome back to 5D Full Disclosure. This is Aurora with the uh, (laughs) Astrology Archetype Series. (laughs) So I felt that we would go through the planetary archetypes first. Um, So as I shared in the introduction, you know, when I look at a chart and when we're looking and understanding how uh, astrology charts function, which is pretty much the basis of how we understand what our blueprints are, what archetypes are working through that blueprint, which is also then how we get to see where the transits in the sky are interacting with our chart, right? And how they're working through our blueprint to guide us to certain experiences, lessons, blessings, challenges, you know, destiny points, all of that stuff. So there's three factors to any chart. And I forget if I mentioned this in the introduction, so I'll just you know, go over it again. <clears throat> the The three factors of any chart are the planets, the signs, and the houses. So the planets are obviously the, the planets that are in our current solar system that we have awareness of. I talked about how, you know, when we discover new planets, you know, quote unquote, discover them, we are discovering and a new archetype of consciousness that is ready to integrate into the collective. That is what they represent. They represent um, aspects of self, right? And so each planet has a different mode of expression. They have different purposes. They express energy differently. So we are all our own solar system, as I shared. Now, the signs are actual archetypes of consciousness, meaning they are different roles, different um, expressions of a God self. So I like to say that the planets are the how, they are the how an energy is getting expressed. The signs are the what, what type of energy is getting expressed? What is the vibe? What are the themes of this archetype, right? So the how and the what, and then the houses, the 12 houses in the chart that relate to the 12 signs, those are the where, where in life is that energy being directed? Where is it most highest and best used and where is it being directed? So it's the how, the what, and the where, and this creates the blueprint. This creates your unique blueprint and the blueprint includes your essence that you came in with. It also includes the lessons and blessings and experiences that you signed up to have. It shows us the wounds that you came in to heal. It shows your destiny points, what your purpose is, what your role is. And it also gives you clues of how to best work with your blueprint, which includes all of those things. So we're going to start with the planets first uh, in terms of the archetypes of those planets and so how they represent and the different modalities that they express within us because again they are mirrors we are micro solar systems and micro universes to the macro and then get into the of course the signs and the archetypes of those and then we'll cover the houses as well so the first planet to start with would of course be the sun because it is the brightest planet it is the kind of uh, main aspect here of our current solar system. So the sun in astrology is ruled, it rules the sign of Leo. So the sign of Leo uh, is very intertwined with the sun, which also gives us a lot of clues as to how 
this archetype is used. So if we think about the sun in our solar system, right, what is its purpose? What does it provide? And I talked about how in the ancient times, right, before additional planets were discovered, we were more primitive. We lived by the sun and the moon. That was the way that we navigated the world. You knew when the sun rose and when it set the different moon cycles. And so at that time in our planetary history, we were only embodying the very basics of the yin and yang energy, the sun being yang and the moon being yin. That was all we could see. So that was the only archetypes we were embodying, which is why we were primitive, right? Because you're only having two aspects really to work with. So the sun, of course, what is its purpose in the solar system? Well, it provides light. And of course, we know without light, there is darkness. So what does light really represent? Well, light is consciousness. So when we've talked about the fact that we're in this, you know, cosmic cycle, um, many know that in 2012, a lot of people thought the world was going to end because the Mayan calendar ended on December 21st, 2012. And it was like, oh, the world's going to end, you know, <laughs> this, uh, and we're all basically good. This is going to become uninhabitable. And that really wasn't the point of the Mayan calendar ending. The Mayans were very well versed in astrology. And so they understood that we were reaching a new point in the galaxy, which is known as the precession of equinoxes. So approximately every 25 to 26,000 years, we, the precession of equinoxes changes our position in the galaxy. So we actually move into a different space. You know, it's hard to kind of imagine this, but theoretically that's what happens. And so that's what they were using in ancient times to depict, that's where we get things like the Bronze Age, the Iron Age, right? And the Golden Age and the Dark Ages known as Kali Yuga. So our previous 27,000 year cycle, which lines up to the fall of Atlantis and Lemuria, where we were knocked down in dimensional frequency, we went from a fifth dimensional planet and we were knocked down to a third dimensional planet due to that explosion, due to that fall from grace, so to speak. So when we fell, that tied in to what they call the Dark Ages, the Kali Yuga phase, which means that we were both energetically and physically in the darkest part of the galaxy, we had the least amount of light present. And again, light is consciousness. So that explains a lot, right? We were in the darkest part, <laughs> we were in the dark ages, and there was not a lot of light. So we were very primitive, we were knocked back in consciousness, we were knocked down in dimensions. Of course, there's the whole story of what happened through that and how we were then infiltrated and taken over by lower races. They know these things. I've always said that. The dark understands planetary movements. They understand cosmic cycles. They understand how the planets work. They understand how energy works. That is their advantage. And that's why they have deprived that knowledge from humanity purposefully 
so that we would not remember that we also hold that knowledge and to unlock our true power in this because we are the co-creators of this universe, not them. So they have purposely hidden all of this knowledge and all of this information so that they can hijack it and utilize it. So they knew that that lined up to what would be the dark ages. It was the perfect time for them to infiltrate and probably that infiltration was already occurring in Atlantis, which is what led to the explosion and to the fall. But that's a whole nother story. So we entered a 26,000 year cycle of being essentially in the dark, right? And we know all the horrendous, quite literally dark things that have occurred throughout that time period on this planet. So when you have a, a lack of light, you have a lack of consciousness, which simply means Un, you are unconscious. You are unaware. You are in ignorance. You do not know, right? So the Mayans understood these cosmic cycles and this cosmic calendar. So when their calendar ended on December 21st, 2012, it was not because we were going to cease to exist, but in fact, because we were moving through the next procession of equinoxes and we entered the golden age which happened to line up with Aquarius, right? The golden age <laughs> is now we are in the lightest part of the galaxy. Of course, the divine intelligence of source and the divine intelligence of the universe would, of course, move us immediately from the darkest age to the brightest age, right? It is, it is the total transformation of darkness to light. So we are now in the golden age. That, what's be, that is what began on December 21st, 2012. We actually are m moving through the photon belt and we are in the lightest part of the, of the galaxy right now. So it, a lot of people have noticed that the sun has seemed to gotten a lot brighter over the years and decades and bigger. A lot of people have also started to see two suns. That's going to be part of this shift, Right because we are having so much light influx to this planet now that we are in the golden age, now that we are in the age of light. So it is inevitable that the consciousness shall raise, right? So with all that being said, what is the purpose of the sun? <laughs> well, the purpose of the sun is to deliver the light. It is, and what, what does light do for us? We know it's consciousness, right? Consciousness is simply awareness. The more consciousness you have, the more awareness you have, the more knowledge you can tap into, the more gifts you can unlock, the more empowerment you can really have, right? Everyone always says knowledge is power. That's, that's kind of true. So the sun delivers light. It delivers consciousness. It also delivers warmth. Without the sun, this would be a dark, cold, barren place, which they've talked about previous ice ages. That was during the Kali Yuga. Nothing could grow. It was dark. It was cold. There was no warmth. It was brutal. It was pain. It was suffering. There was no warmth. The sun brings joy, right? That's why we have things like seasonal depression. When you're not in the sunlight and you're lacking that vitamin D, which is an essential vitamin for the, the human self to function, people, and it's a real thing, people experience depression, they experience sadness, lethargy, right? When you go long periods of time without being in the sun, you just, you can feel it, you just start to feel tired, you start to feel unhappy, 
you know, you're, you're, it's hard to raise your vibration. It's hard to be in those higher states of joy. So the sun is not only consciousness, it is vitality. It is life force energy. It is what brings the joy of living. It is what makes things grow. It is what keeps them alive. So when we take that and we, and we now look at the, the archetype of the sun in astrology, it is quite literally that. Your sun's archetype, which when you look at your chart, you will be able to see that within every sign, there are 30 degrees. So that's when you look at a, a birth chart and it's a perfect wheel. It's because we have 12 signs, each with 30 degrees, which makes up a perfect 360 degree wheel. Of course, this will evolutionize down the line and probably become something else, but that is what we're working with right now. So the exact degree also of of your sun sign is a unique expression of that archetype. So for example, if I have my sun in Aquarius, right? Someone who has their sun at four degrees Aquarius versus having their sun at 27 degrees Aquarius, those are going to be different expressions of the archetype of Aquarius. They're each very unique. That's a whole nother deep dive. But just, you know, if you're ever interested, you can look into that because the degrees themselves are also very unique. So when we look at a birth chart, the sun is a very important aspect of the chart. It's not the most important, you know, because that's where we kind of get this whole horoscope thing and everyone knows their sun sign and they kind of base their whole life off of that. That's just one aspect, right? Just like the solar system has many other planets, not just the sun, but it is a very strong archetype within your blueprint and within your chart. So imagine when you are shining out into the world like a sun through the specific archetype, the specific sign that you were born with. And that degree as well, of course, gives it this unique flavor. You will feel alive. You will feel joy. You will feel that life force energy. You will have that love of life. When we are not shining out into the world, and being our, I, I like to use the word brilliance because I think that that sums it up. Our sun's archetype in our chart, it's our brilliance. It's our natural state of being that, you know, the sun, it just shines. It doesn't think about what it's doing. It doesn't try to be something in particular. It just shines in, it, in all of its brilliance, right? It delivers to us things like solar flares, you know, geomagnetic storms what do those do those expand consciousness so when we get solar flares when we get heavy uh, cmes and geomagnetic storms that is the sun delivering to us codes of light to catalyze us into higher states of evolution to bring us higher states of consciousness so the sun also has this unique archetype of that it helps evolutionize, it brings awareness, it brings consciousness, and it tends to also, because of the sun's warmth and the heat, it has this unique ability to actually burn away darkness. To, you know, if you light a candle in a dark room, the, the darkness flees. It flees from the light. And so when the sun delivers us those sun codes 
and those solar flares. And when you're in the sun, you are literally downloading consciousness into your being. That's why sun gazing and being out in the sun is an important part of the journey. I mean, you know, of course, and that's why they've made us afraid of the sun. That's why they have, of course, hijacked and created fear of the sun, right? Oh, don't be out in the sun for too long. You're going to get skin cancer, right? That's not true. What causes cancer is the ego programmed mind in all of the ways that it manifests through fears, through belief systems, through wounds, through traumas, and through programmed patterns and behaviors that keep us in lower states of, of vibration. So it's really that simple. Now, of course, everything in balance, right? That's why we have balance where the sun sets and the moon comes out. The cosmos always gives us balance because they know that if the sun was shining 24 hours a day, seven days a week, it would be too much. We, we need sometimes that balance of darkness, of cool, of a time to rest and relax and decompress because when the sun is out, you know, you have the energy and the vitality and you've got that spark and you're like, yeah, I've got the energy to keep going. And, and of course on new earth, maybe this all will change, but the cosmos always delivers us this perfect balance between yang, the sun and yin, the moon. So yeah, of course, you know, everything in balance. Do we want to cook out in the sun for, for 12 hours of the day? Probably not, but it's not going to give you cancer. It's just going to be maybe too much energy to integrate at one time. But they created this fear of the sun for that particular reason. Then they, they, they upped it a notch, right? And they started selling us sunscreen, I mean, it's amazing, right? Like the things that they, the things that they have programmed us to believe in and the sunscreen is full of chemicals and sunscreen is actually designed to block your skin from integrating light codes. Not only that, but you are physically pouring chemicals into your body so that when you do sit out in the sun, it is cooking you like a microwave and it is creating poisons and toxins within the body. Um, there are many natural uh, ways to, you know, um, nourish the skin while out in the sun, like coconut oil and apricot oil and everything mother earth provides, you know, is, is all that we need. So that is a big reason why that's why, you know, there's now Bill Gates and all of these other, uh, these other, you know, cabal beings want to block the sun. Well, because they know, that the sun delivers consciousness. <laughs> so they, they're trying to block it. Why do you think they spray chemtrails in the, si in, in the sky? Now, on a personal level, they have all tried to block our own suns. We are all, remember, you are a solar system. So your sun shines out through your solar plexus. This is why humanity has so much density and toxins and damage to the solar plexus. So many people suffer from digestion issues one way or the other, right? It can range from constipation, um, you know, to, you know, painful, painful stomach movements, uh, all the way to IBS and uh, intolerances, right, to certain things. Of course, like we know, the body naturally isn't designed to consume uh, chemicalized and GMO'd foods. We know that that's why we always talk about blessing your food 
using the violet flame to bless your food before you consume it because then even if you are unable right sometimes we are unable at this present moment to eat purely organic and to eat purely um, you know uh, non-GMO food it's going to happen from time to time so use the violet flame to bless that food so when it does go into the solar plexus the solar plexus is able to transmute and keep itself healing so that it doesn't become damaged um, but of course our body's not designed to consume all of those things and those things were done directly to damage your personal sun your solar plexus there's also, you know, so much uh, we I've always talked about, and if you guys listen to my etheric surgery uh, series, I talk about all the varying implants, right? The energetic implants and chips that are in our various outer bodies, you know, our auric body and our etheric body, and that actually creates um, pain, illness, and disease in our physical, emotional, and mental bodies. And many of those chips reside in the solar plexus. So why have they attacked the solar plexus so heavily, right? They have poisoned us through our food and water. They are trying to scare us from the sun. And that is because the empowerment and the joy and the life force energy and the consciousness is actually very linked to the solar plexus. That's why you'll see many um, metaphysical teachers and things talk about the solar plexus being the second brain. Richard Rudd talks about this in the Gene Keys. Um, and of course, we know there's a huge connection between the gut and the brain right? And that is true. And that's why people talk about having gut feelings and things like that. The problem is that our gut has been so infiltrated and damaged and hijacked that that's why we have to truly be able to use our heart, right? And infuse our heart into the brain gut connection. Because without the heart, it's very easy for us to misconstrue our intuitions and misconstrue our feelings um, and what we are guided or thinking, you know, making decisions, taking action on because the gut has been so heavily hijacked, as has the brain, you know, due to the ego programmed mind. So, Healing the solar plexus is a huge part of really activating your son's archetype. Um, and so the archetype, and of course, when, when I talk about the signs, I think um, you guys will be able to uh, really connect the dots, uh, first getting familiar with the planets and their modalities. And then as I go through the archetypes of the signs, you guys will get to see how that links up. So then you'll be able to look at your planetary placements, what sign they're in. And then when I talk about the houses, you'll then be able to, you know, see which house that falls into, which will give you a really clear picture of your blueprint. So whatever archetype your son is in, that's what, where your brilliance is. And that's where you are a walking sun. You walk into a room and you light it up. You bring joy. You bring warmth. You bring vitality. It's your natural brilliance, right? When we are not embodying the archetype of our son, it's the same thing as when we don't have sunlight. We start to feel depressed. We start to feel sad tired, stagnant. Um, we can't find joy. Um, 
we struggle to feel like we have purpose because it is through our joy that we find our purpose. And this is again why they have tried to shut down our solar plexuses, our suns, because they want to keep us, of course they don't want to allow us to have true joy because our vibration would raise. That would lead us to our true passion. This would lead us to our empowerment. They want to keep us disempowered. They want to keep us in a state of um, the black hole, right? And so the opposite of the sun is a black hole. And that's what the solar plexus has become. It is where all of the ego's wants lie. The wants that disempower us. It's the need for instant gratification. So if you think about this, right? Let me, let me give it to you in a, in a more practical visual sense because I'm very visual. When we're truly embodying our son's archetype and its brilliance and we're allowing it to shine out into the world, right? Our, our physical stomachs, our solar plexus is shining light out. So anywhere we go, we're shining that light out through the solar plexus, which dispels darkness. It pushes darkness, unconsciousness, lower things away from us. It, of course, it, it brings also the expansion of consciousness when we're shining out that solar plexus. We're bringing vitality. We're bringing joy. We're uplifting everything around us. We're giving everything around us life, including ourselves, right? What lights you up? Whatever lights you up, that's that sun energy. Now, when we're deeply in the ego and when our solar plexus is very damaged and we're not living the brilliance of our sun's archetype, that solar plexus, instead of shining out and creating life and sustaining life, it turns into a black hole that sucks things into it, right? So visually, you can see that difference. And when it becomes a black hole, we get stuck in chasing our wants. I want this. I want that. And so we keep filling ourselves with these wants that never really fulfill us, right? That's what the cabal did is they hijacked the ego from the mind and linked it to the solar through the gut, they made us addicted to their low vibrational toxic food, right? That's why you'll see so many people who are addicted to that toxic food. They'll just keep eating and eating and eating. And then they wonder why they have stomach issues. They can't digest or the stomach is, is inflamed and it rejects everything, right? Our wants, I want this, I want that, and I want it now. And we just keep filling that hole into a black hole. It's never ending. It can never really be filled because we're not shining out. We're sucking in. And that's where we start to flip it. So get familiar with your son's archetype. Of course, there's other physical things to help heal the solar plexus, right? Which is another, you know, you can look at a lot of our self-love discipline guides and things like that. But getting familiar with your son's archetype, the brilliance that you came to shine out into the world, that you are a walking solar flare. We are all walking solar flares. When we are embodying our sun, our brilliance, we're shining it out. We are lighting the world up. 
We are inspiring others. We are bringing warmth. We have life force energy moving through us. We feel alive. We follow what lights us up, what brings us joy, what our purpose is. And through that, we are walking solar flares that activate other people, that deliver them that catalyst of consciousness to help them awaken. When we hide our sun, we hide ourselves and our brilliance we're only we're only dimming ourselves so that is the sun's archetype um it's powerful and you know connecting to the sun all of that so um just as an update i i, I am going to be doing a, a crystalline process seminar in june um, and I will specifically be talking about healing the lower three chakras because that is the biggest part of the crystalline process that we're going through. So the solar, the sacral, and the root, that will be the focus of the seminar. So if anybody would like to join us and would like to sign up, it is up on the website at 5dfulldisclosure.org under the sessions and events tabs. And of course, anybody who would like to dive deeper into their chart and look at their blueprint and and understand it and how to work with it um, you can always book a session with me there so i love you all and i'll be back soon